Hello and welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard, I'll be your host for today, or tomorrow, or in a fortnight, or in a PUBG, or whatever Battle Royale game you want to play, because after all, it's your podcast. Now, joining me today is a man who has looked into the eyes of the apocalypse and has stared back into his soul. So rather than running away, he's decided to make a card game out of it. And that card game is now appearing on Kickstarter. And that card game is called Last One In, and it's a zombie-themed card game. And the person that's making it is Mark Taylor. So, hello, Mark. Hello. Thank you very much for for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, and uh, let's gonna have a little chat about your game. This is like a quick start on the kickstart. And a quick start on the kickstart. What we do in a quick start on the kickstart is somebody, if somebody's got a Kickstarter project, what we will do is we'll ask them on the show to give us a quick rundown of how the game and a little bit about themselves as well, which is always good. Um, for those joining us for the first time, thank you for joining us. Um. Just want to quash a few rumours about my apparent wizardry. Um, That's lies, slander, and uh, my solicitors are sending out letters to anyone who's claiming otherwise. Um, (laughs) And uh, thank you for listening. Uh, The reason that we do this is because, well, quite simply, there's not enough podcasts about board games. There's uh, us. There's a couple of my Scottish brethren Unlucky Frog Gaming and uh, uh, Giant Brain, but they're not hmm. um, they're not listening to me anymore. When I ask them to form a group, so we're gonna uh. try and f- gonna try and find some other people. Um, and the other reason that we do this is because we like to speak to Mark and other people called Mark Taylor about their zombie <laughs> card game, and there only appeared to be one person called Mark Taylor who was doing a zombie themed card game. So that's why I hope. Asked, <laughs> that's why we asked him. That'd be a copyright nightmare, wouldn't it? Oh, I would. came out at first. So how are you doing anyway? You know, enough about enough about me spraffing on for like three or four minutes. How are how are you, sir? Uh not too bad, actually. Good. Uh had a relatively good day. That's good. Are you um are you taking the time off during the campaign or are you kind of working away, kind of Um normally I'm Working away, researching stuff, mm-hmm. um, social media posting. Uh-huh. Um, however, right now I'm having a break, yeah. chatting to you, <laughs> and um, currently also playing a computer game. Uh, so I'm what multitasking a little bit. What are you playing? Uh, the Witcher Three. Are you? What right yes. right now at the same time? <laughs> yes. That's absolutely ridiculous. How dare you? Where, <laughs> how far are you in the game? Uh, I just started Act Two, uh, Act Three, I think. All right, okay. Is yeah. it? Has, I've heard. Um, I've heard some good film, good things about The Witcher Three. I'm so glad yeah. it's such a good game that it's not able to take your attention away from doing a podcast. <laughs> well, it, it's actually more of a uh, a nerves thing. You know, it's hey. helping me oh. concentrate, focus on something else, which then means I. Don't get embarrassed. Oh, don't worry about that. It's not like I embarrass anybody. Much. Um, <laughs> what we? I mean, obviously, we were going to talk about last one in, but of um, we're going to find out a little about your history. No worries, sir. Fire away. Um, <laughs> where were you? Probably, probably favorite last words. <laughs> exactly. He's just weird. So, um. When you were at high school, what was your favourite subject? Um, <laughs> boringly you enough, fire away, didn't you? So yeah, um, boringly enough, uh, it was maths. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody, so, everybody needs maths. Did you enjoy it? Um, yes and no. <laughs> um, is probably the. The parts, you know, parts that you understandably I enjoy, really, I enjoyed. But. I just don't think there's any any way to make a conversation about maths at school kind of exciting no. and interesting. No, it's just not, not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously maths so. is numbers, and numbers could be D&D, and it's like 3-2-1 with Ted Rogers. 
and um, and only UK people will get this, and only UK people over a certain age will get this, and they're probably not listening into the podcast or interested in board games. But um, I mean, how did you get involved in the hobby? I guess. Um, it kind of uh, kind of a variety of things, really. Mm. I guess. Um, I started playing, you know, yeah, household board games and stuff as a child growing up. Yeah. Uh, and then I seemed to just um, break away from board games, uh, you know, family board games as they as they would be called. Yeah. Uh, and um, went on to playing uh, console games. Uh, my first proper console was the Sega Mega Drive. Okay. What games? And what games you're playing on that? Did you get in at the beginning, or did you get in kind of? into kind of like a couple of years down the line because that's kind of important um, um i would say i got in at the beginning yeah like rel- relatively early on in the beginning at least anyway all right okay and um what was your favorite yeah. games <coughs> oh now you're asking um, i am asking <laughs> altered beast is probably one of my favorites no really uh, as enjoyably frustrating as it was. Yeah, um, yeah, I hated it. I didn't like it at all. I just bounced off it. But then <laughs> I played Otter Beast um, after I was playing Revenge of Shinobi. And that was one of the finest crafted video that games. That was one of my other favourite games. In existence. It was just amazing. It was all the little um, it was all the little cameos and stuff like that. So I absolutely, I absolutely loved that. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog? You have to, don't you? It's, it's Sega. It has to. You know, <laughs> Sonic, Sega, you know, uh, kind of go hand in hand. But there was a few others. So uh, you probably would have heard of James Pond. Yes. But did yeah. you did you play the first one or did you play the second one? Because it was James Pond and there was James Pond 2, which is <laughs> Robocod. I think it was the second. Was it the second one? Which was just... It was the one where he could, like, he kind of... Stre- Stretched his body, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like the level where you could like um, there was a whole level you had to reach the very very top, and if you timed it right, you could just stretch your way all the way up to the top and kind of miss some of like the most difficult levels in the game. I did not know that. <laughs> did you? Um, did you use the cheats at all? No. What? I I, I probably just played. I, I think at the time I. Just played through it. Um, I can't even remember if I completed it or not. Did you not? I think. To be honest, I think you fought Santa at the end, or a bad. <laughs> I think you fought like a bad Santa. Do you remember how the cheats worked though? In Robocod though, there was like items you could collect, and there were the first letter. If you got them in a certain order, spelled out different things you could get. So there was one which was like, it spelled out the word lives, and if you collected it in the right order, then you got infinite lives. It was oh, wow. really, 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 really cool. Did you stay with the Mega Drive all the way through? Did you get any of the Japanese import stuff like Gainug or Zero Wing or anything like that um, at all? Unfortunately, I didn't. Um, being a, a young teenager at the time, it was... Uh, <laughs> Out of my control as to what was uh, purchased. Um, that and the, the, the console was uh, technically my sister's. So um, I just played on it more than they did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just hung about the room. Did you not eventually manage to kind of like just take control of it and sneak it into your own room? Or was it constantly in her room um, all the time? No, it, it, it kind of stayed in the living room. So... Um, Oh, in, oh, the main front room, essentially. Yeah. So it was just always there. And I, unfortunately, I, I didn't really um, like go out that much and stuff. Yeah. Um, won't go into too much of the, the personal side of things, but uh, I think uh, it's easy to say that I, I'd rather stayed at home. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just spent many a times, if not um, entertaining my dogs um, playing on the Sega. So <laughs> it's not bad. I think I played. Uh, I ended up playing a lot of EA hockey. 
when I was a lad. The first one, I think it was the 92 one, which is still the first one and the best. And obviously John Madden as well. Kind of liked a bit of John Madden now and again. Hmm. Did you stay with the consoles? Did you move up through like Super Nintendo, Dreamcast, um, all that no, stuff? Sadly, no, sadly. It was, it was kind of the... Um, from the, the Mega Drive, I think the next console that I got was the PlayStation. Really? That's a and... Yeah. <laughs> um, and... Uh, that that then I kind of stayed with that and pretty much then Sony all the way really, hence now playing Witcher three. <laughs> Just now, right now, right now. Oh, watch out for him, he's going to hit you. Um, I'm just to say random <laughs> things like that all the time and just put you off. Um, <clears throat> it's fine. How did you then make the transition from electronics to cardboard? Um, it was started with card games, actually. A friend of mine got me into playing uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! All right, okay. Uh, quite some time ago. And, um, yeah, then transitioned from that to Magic the Gathering. And then kind of from there, really. Uh, it then kind of, I suppose, a few years ago, um, I guess you could say something just um, clicked inside and... I decided I wanted to try and create a a game of my own. I felt that it was, um, you know, worth a go. Thought I gave it a go, and um, I started working with a, a few friends of mine on a um, TCG, uh, which is a trading card game. Yeah. Um, which wasn't actually last one in, um, and uh, got down to the um, like early stages of playtesting with that and then and then um again had a few personal things happen um which then caused uh, a bit of a, a setback for about a year mm-hmm. unfortunately um and then as people will find out once they read the kickstarter anyway um <laughs> uh one morning um after a relatively good night's sleep, I woke up, well, early hours of that morning, I uh, had a relatively interesting, intriguing dream, uh, of which was me demoing a game with someone um, at a shop. And uh, that was the um, first stages, really, of development for Last One In. <laughs> so, did I mean, did you... Was it going to always be a card game, then? I mean, because of the Magic the Gathering stuff. Did you have a um, Did you have a reasonable collection of like Magic the Gathering? Yeah, and and also Yu Gi Oh. Uh, I still have my Yu Gi Oh collection, um, which probably amasses of uh, how many thousands. Mark, <laughs> how many? Don't because you're a collector, so you know exactly how many cards you got. How many cards you got? <laughs> it, it's it's probably <coughs> there's no shame good, here. There's no shame. A good few thousands. <laughs> few thousand how many thousands uh, have you got mark <laughs> <laughs> I, I could I, I wouldn't be able to tell you how many exactly um is it, or i could tell you how it, many is it more than boxes. five it probably is <laughs> love it, love it, it. probably is there's at least a, th- a folder of at least i would say probably about a thousand cards really? in did you get them all then, i mean did you actually get them all i mean is there ones that you kind of like have got triple sleeved in their own book that are kind of worth some money now or is it just a case of are you are you gale cards worth money i don't know yes yeah they are sickeningly <coughs> worth lots of money actually really? have you um, you sound like a guy that maybe doesn't have all the cards that are worth lots of money i i i think i have some yeah. um i think that there's a few particular archetypes yeah of collections that i um you know like wanted to have and I I actually built relatively good and or strong decks out of them. One is the uh elemental heroes. Yeah. Or heroes as they're also known as. And they have a folder of their own. There's also light swans, which um again have a folder of their own. For aesthetically pleasing yeah. aspects. I also have uh crystal beasts. Alright. Of which every single crystal beast is foil. So, <laughs> um, that's probably worth a, a good few hundred. <laughs> um, and I will probably stop there. 
for the sake, for the sake of people casing the joint. Yeah. Um, Where does this smart guy live? Let's go and find out. <laughs> he says like he's quite sorted for his card. Um, the only thing I know about Yu-Gi-Oh is it's like one of these things they get like attack points and they add like about five zeros on the end. Am I being that's harsh? correct? Am I being harsh um, or am I being true? Because it makes kind of like I'm a bear of very small brain. And looking at stuff that's got like lots of zeros, I instantly go, I'm not playing that. I'll get confused. In- interesting enough, um, you're not wrong. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> that the the cards do have, you know, on average, a hundred or a thousand attack or defense points um, or in excess of those, those numbers. Um, but it all kind of balances itself out because of the way that the combat style works in Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, you, um, if your creature's in attack position, they say, you're then actively choosing to attack certain creatures your opponent has. Yeah. Um, and Or your creature would be um, face down, which is face down defense position. And again, um, if your opponent attacks it, and then that creature turns up, if its defense is higher than the attacking creature, um, then if I remember correctly, the opponent takes the difference in the damage, um, but your creature doesn't die. If I remember. I haven't played it for quite a while, so the rules might have changed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I'll be honest. <coughs> um, but yeah, so once, once, you, once you look at the fact that the numbers are just the power and toughness or oh, the attack right. and defense of those cards, it, it ends up that side of it ends up not being the issue. Um, the issue then then uh, becomes when you uh, play a friend or whatever, or uh, just a generic opponent, I guess, um, and they go and summon a whole bunch of monsters on their on their first turn, um, and you haven't had a turn yet. And then it's like, okay, I've lost. Uh, good game. Yeah, I've seen that. I don't know what it was, but I just see folk like kind of these big chainy combo things. And they go like that, and it's like, okay, so I play my Sharpie pen monster, then I play my mic monster, then I play my lamp monster, then I play my glasses case monster, then I play my glasses, then I play my glasses cleaning cloth, then I play my table, then I play my carpets, and you're dead. And the guy's like, yep. just, I'm just taking my jacket off. Kind of <laughs> Can I just put it down here? Is that okay? Because I've seen that on video after video. I have also seen, I think I've seen a few kind of table flips, which is always good. Because you see the guy going, I'm going to do this and do that. And there's my tomatoes and my broccoli and my cucumber and bleh. And then the guy just stands up and just goes... <laughs> and then just yeah. walks away. Did you ever, did gets... you put together combos and stuff like that? I mean, is that kind of... Did you, um... did you play... Did you get involved in any kind of local tournament type things, or I? The only things I did was um, what was what was called um, pre-releases or pre-shows, yeah. Which was when when a new set would come out, mm-hmm. uh, and you would go there to the event. You would get your um, pre-release packs, yeah. essentially. Okay. You would then have to um, uh, construct a deck out of those. Uh, and play a game, and, and uh, yeah, that's kind of what I did. They, they 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 were kind of fairer in the sense that you everyone's kind of at the same level. Because it it kind of goes under the radar. Because people seem to go magic, and then they go Pokemon, and then some folk go kind of Yu Gi Oh, and then you see the people that are playing magic and Pokemon go <laughs> Yu Gi Oh, but. <laughs> Is it kind of, I mean, is it still seems to sell by the bucket load? I mean, my son, oh, yeah. he seems to kind of play Yu-Gi-Oh. Is, it, is Yu-Gi-Oh better than Pokemon? Is it like kind of Betamax and VHS that ultimately, you know, <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh is like the Betamax um, of the card game and Pokemon's like the VHS, but the VHS is just like more popular. Is that kind of how it is? And people, um, people who are people I who are younger know. than forty are just not going to get, get that at <laughs> no. all. I'll be honest to say, I, I, I don't know. I, I personally would say that I think each game um, has its pros and cons, and people play each game 
differently for their own right and their own reason. Um, that's and, that's an yeah. incredibly diplomatic answer. So you, <laughs> so you agree with me that Pokemon is worse compared to Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I, I, I think that, as I said, I think that they're all equally good in their own merit. Yeah. Um, and it depends on the person, depends on the players, um, and just generally on what players are able to or capable of doing, and even equally afford. Yeah. So, you know, Pokemon, I believe that you don't have to spend a whole lot of money on the decks to you know on the cards to build the decks that you want to build no um and there is still that you know um there is still a kind of fun element to play in pokemon it's not um i'm gonna beat you instantly in as quickly as i can and there is that a bit of a back and forth process i believe i only i only ever played um pokemon once just to see what it was like. So just, um, just walked away and went, ah, I've had enough of that, that's rubbish. I'm not playing that. No. No Barry, I'm not not playing that again, Barry. No. <laughs> no, no it, it was stick I, out your back pocket. I was Barry. intrigued. Yeah. Where's my dad? No, I was just I was just generally intrigued. I, I think it, uh, <laughs> I was pokey curious. Pokey curious yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. I think for me also there was the um the cost was an overarching factor, so at the time um, I was shamefully putting a lot of money into Yu-Gi-Oh. Exactly. I was going to say that the cost was a factor. Says bad with six thousand Yu-Gi-Oh cards behind them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, just like fourteen ninety nine just breaks a man for a yeah. start set. But was that so? The same reason. I mean, you mentioned obviously magic. So did you build up a mat? Did you finish off Yu-Gi-Oh and walk away from it and stick it into to magic? I mean, have you tried? Um, I mean, if, were you were you a netrunner guy? Did you get into your netrunner, or did you not no. bother with that? No. I, again, it's it's the the cost. <laughs> no. no, it's it is honestly it was honestly a case of um, as as you, as you actually said. So I I was into playing into the Yu Gi Oh. Um, didn't we really go and play play it for the competitive element of it, and tried to play it just as it was or for quite fun. And the um, the function or, or the factor that you can win in you know relatively quick turns um, kind of caused me to just lose the appeal for Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, and then said same friend um, that got me into Yu-Gi-Oh, then got me into playing Magic, mm-hmm. um, and um, I've been playing Magic ever since. And, and simply because you know although there is a heavy cost. To play magic, you don't need to um, effectively go and spend money on every set that comes out, or you know, buy every expensive card um, that there is. <laughs> is I mean, <coughs> is is magic any good? Because people um, say, yeah, it's really, really good, but I played it. I don't like it. I kind of walked away from my magic experience, going that was a bit disappointing. I was expecting fireworks and angels and rainbows and kind of kittens and stuff. And I just kind of, I won. I just... It depends. It depends on what you want from what you, what you would have wanted from magic is, I would say, probably the thing. Um, Too much I probably wanted from magic. I think it was just, it couldn't give me what I wanted at the end of the day. You know, just one of these things. Um, but I'm conscious we're just going off on lovely tangents. This, but I mean, as long I, as that's fine with you, I'm, I have absolutely no problem with it. This is this is Tangent City and Tangent Street. Um, postcode is T N G E N T two. But you, I, so you still quite? I mean, you still quite an, a kind of an avid magic collector now. Do you still go out and buy the packs? Are you kind of like, well, I'm not going to bother getting a big deck every six months. I'm quite happy with kind of what I've got just at the moment. Um, yeah, so I do kind of do a thing where I try to um, at least buy um, one box. Um, not a booster box, um, but what's called a bundle box set mm-hmm. um, of every new set that comes out. Yeah. Um, just for the collection purposes. Um, because after all, we're all nerds, <laughs> and uh, you have to, uh, you know, 
collect something. <laughs> Don't you know? We've got yes. to collect something. Um, We've got to collect something. <laughs> you know. um, and so, so yeah, that's kind of what I do. Um, in, in saying so, or in saying that, I've not um, invested in um, the recent set of Magic that came out. Um, simply, I guess, um, haven't been had the time to actually play and stuff because of um, attending events for last one in and um, yeah <laughs> spending money more, more of my money on last one in um, than on uh, magic so tell us about last one in I mean you mentioned that it came to you in a dream <laughs> so yes that must have been I, some dream I, I I know I know you laugh and it's, I'm it's, not because you know it's just a part of your consciousness working its way out and that's how ideas come from so I ain't gonna laugh at yeah. another man's dreams you know oh no no I, I mean you're, you're not laughing in a bad way but it's just it is I I do think it's funny when I when I say it myself um but yeah it was quite weird really that the that it was not like what you would expect that it was like you know it's a zombie themed game so. You know, typically you'd think, oh, it's a dream about zombies. It's a dream about being chased by zombies, you know, or killing zombies or or something along those lines. But it wasn't. It was the fact that it was a dream actively, you know, having like an interview with someone, uh, demoing the game with them, like in a, in a game shop uh, slash coffee shop place. Um, that was, I, I guess that was the, the, the part of it that, that made it quite... Um, interesting and intriguing for me and um yeah and then obviously woke up made notes and uh then started working away on uh you know on making it into something which is this is this which where is, it yeah. came from how did you go through the process i mean are, are you i mean is it i mean i can't imagine card games i can imagine I mean, I've got several, several board games um, in my mind in development. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could do a card game because I think what would happen is I'd develop a card game and then somebody would come on and go, that's OP, and then that just destroys everything. And it's just kind of getting the balance and stuff like that. Was it because of your background in Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic that kind of building a kind of a game which had some card elements to it was like a natural progression for you as opposed to maybe doing a kind of a full-on i don't know worker placement game or something like that instead um yeah i, I would say exactly that um th- obviously there are a few other card games that i've played um that had influenced um you know what i had made with last one in um although it's can be considered a board game as well um you have um uh, Munchkin, um, which was a, a game that I I played quite a lot with friends. Yeah, uh, and also uh, a game a game called Star Realms, which is a. S- I've never heard of that. People have spoken about it all the time. I've heard it's quite good. Um, I'm still trying to deny this because Sean at Thing Twelve Games is still constantly beating me. I would like to make it known public for the record that. <coughs> When I publicly stated if he went against me without using gambits in just the base game, I would kick his ass. Guess what happened? Uh, I kicked his ass. So bring it on, Sean, because it's obvious you need your gambits. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, Star Realms is good. I like Star Realms a lot. I have a lot of fun with Star Realms. It's almost like my go-to kind of... It's my cup of tea game. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Is it, It's like, what are you going to do? I'll, I'll sit down, I'll get a cup of tea. You know what I mean? I'll out for a walk or get a cup of tea you know get up in the morning get a cup of tea is the game that's kind of constantly there in the background because i play do you play the app or do you play um the cards you actually play the cards do you play the app mm-hmm. do you play the app at all um no uh i i I've, i kind of keep it just to the cards um it's more um controlled that way all right <laughs> uh, in the sense that if i want to play it, i didn't have to uh Actively, you know, take yeah, the cards with me and and find someone to play. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to just playing a computer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I play the app all the time. That's why me and 
touch on of this continual kind of battle and war kind of going on um, <laughs> which you know I don't want to go into because it's like it's bringing our stuff to the table when we should be bringing your stuff to the table um, that's, that's fine when you started off with the first iteration of the game were you did you have to strip it back at all I mean when you started were you like whoa big game um, and then strip it back or did you kind of build it up over a period of time because it was like a card game um, I would say that there was kind of a, a little bit of both, um, oddly enough. Um, so one of the, the, the major things that um, had to happen was uh, with the way the, um, the numbers worked in the game itself. Um, as an example, uh, the building cards in the game have... Um, not only do they have a number capacity in the top right corner... Yeah. But they also have a choose or draw option, right. um, which is the draw f- function for the game. And um, originally, the um, the choose or draw options uh, matched the corresponding capacity of the building. Right. Uh, so if the capacity was five, then the choose or draw option was relatively low. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like uh, choose one or draw two, or choose two, draw one. And I found that... <coughs> That didn't work so well, um, and also the the numbers on the um, civilian and zombie cards uh, they were more sporadic, um, in the sense that there you know there was more of a variety of them. The numbers went from one to ten, yeah. But you had uh, cards that were numbered seven, eight, and nine, as well as uh, and six, yeah. Um, as well as all the other numbers, um, and with the zombies. Uh, they were um, uh, originally the, they had uh, ones, twos, threes, four, five, uh, tens, fifteen, and twenties. Well, some of the lower numbers um, just didn't work, and uh, with that, and then also with the buildings, um, the game just went one way or the other, like almost all the time with playing, mm-hmm. and so. Um, yeah, I I frustratingly worked, you know, like worked on it and trying to get the number, like, algorithm correct essentially, uh, for probably a, probably about three months, and it was just frustrating me more and more as to to why it just wouldn't work and and you know it's like, you know, visually it worked but then just from the numbers aspect it didn't mm-hmm. and there was always that thing. And I couldn't put my finger on it. And then, um, yeah, I kind of went away from it for, you know, for probably for about a month, month and a half. And, um, yeah, then just literally one day, like, went back to it, sat down with at it, and it just, it, again, it just clicked. And um, everything then just seemed to fall in place. And it was almost effortless as well, which was just really weird. Uh, and... Um, yeah, and then that was like a, you know, almost a complete, you know, it, it did get to a point where it's just like, oh, I'm going to just, you know, not bother with this and just, you know, um, move on to something else. But I, I persevered and, as I say, I uh, then took that break and then went back to it and um, redid all the numbers and, and then, you know, seemed to be correct. <laughs> it's an unusual premise because normally in... Um Normally in a kind of a zombie, any type of zombie game, the you're playing as one of two sides. You know, you're always either the zombie apocalypse, you know, the zombie horde, or you're the survivors, or everybody plays the survivors, and the deck is kind of like the zombie horde. So everybody kind of it's in a co-op manner, or it's a kind of an adversarial kind of manner. But the difference with what you've done is you've kind of said, well, you're kind of both. Because you've got your own set of survivors and then mm-hmm. you've got your own set of civilians and you've either got to rescue 50 civilians or kind of inflict kind of like, I guess, a hundred kind of zombies on you, kind of your opponents. Correct. That's, I mean, have you seen anything that's kind of similar to that? Because I don't remember seeing something where it's been kind of like a double, like a double side well, kind of thing. 
Yeah, well, I, I guess um, it's an, a nice point to kind of really say um, that it's why it's kind of where the story element um, for Last Running comes into play. Yeah. Because um, although it's a card game, um, you can look at the game and and see that there's also, as I say, a story behind it as well. So in a theoretical zombie apocalypse, um, you're not just, um, you know, the zombies are there. The zombies... Um, are effectively, you know, killing people. But if they're what would be typically the traditional, you know, slow-moving zombies, then they 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 call, you know, would cause more of a hindrance than actually being like, oh my god, we're going to die because that zombie's running at us. Yeah, <laughs> um, kind of thing, you know. Um, so it's kind of like that. So you're, you know, you are a survivor. You are trying to band other survivors together. Um, and uh, essentially or effectively save them um, by, you know, by finding them places to live. Uh, unfortunately, you've got someone else the other side of the town that's doing the same thing. And somewhere in the middle, there's these Roman zombies that you're finding that are being, you know, uh, coerced uh, or coerced into or onto your side of the town. Yeah. Um, which is um, essentially what's happening when you play out the when you play out the game and play out the cards. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know how that answers that question. <laughs> it's it's good as answer as any, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, did you get a chance to kind of like play test this? Um, did you get a chance to kind of get it out there in front of people's kind of faces, get their kind of input on it as well? Yeah. So we 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 spent um, a good year um, like playtesting the game. Started off with you know close um, circle of friends, then then moved on to um, like going into um, shops, local shops and uh, game shops and whatnot, um, and you know getting people uh, to come and play the game uh, and. Um, then uh, at that point, I then found an artist um, for the game yeah. who who then um, we sat down and he then started um, coming up with ideas for what well, we started up with ideas for, with, um, for the artwork and how the art style would look and, and whatnot. He then put together some basics for civilians and zombies of, of which um, is what is currently being used um, and had been used to demo the game to then uh, like further afield into a wider audience, of which then also then extended into more, you know, playtesting, ironing out the rules yeah. for the game. So what do you do in a round? <laughs> I mean, what's a round like? You know, if I'm sit- so, if I'm sitting down in front of you and the first thing you say is what what are you doing in my house? Um, <laughs> I mean, how did you exactly? <laughs> I'm going to call the police quickly. That's okay, I've got your phone, Mark. It's but, quite safe. But first, do you want to play a game of do you last one? play a last one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm down with that. How do you play? Uh, so once you've decided um, who's going to go first and um, and whatnot, uh, each player is dealt five cards. So that would be two buildings each from the building deck and then three cards each from the town deck. Yeah. Uh, which is where all the civilians, zombies, and other um, cards of similar sort go um, go to, or exist. Uh, and then a turn phase, to so say I was to go first, um, a turn phase would, would be uh, six um, phase, or six actions during that phase. Uh, you'd have uh, player building, you would then have choose or draw cards, you would then have rescue civilians, uh, attack with zombies, play a neutralization card and then your discard phase mm-hmm. and um, on each of those steps you you do the corresponding thing so again as I say for example the rescue civilians you would uh, play a civilian card from your hand uh, onto your open building yeah now I say open building because you can only have one uh, and that's your uh, once that building's filled um, you then, on your next turn, you can then play a new building. 
So that's and the building. First... That's the building cards that have got a number at the top to tell you how many <coughs> Correct, you can yeah. put in. See, I'm listening. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's that is the first. You know, the the first one of the uh, start again. So that's the the factor for that. Yeah. Um, and you would then. Um, as I say, then go through that phase. I won't go into all the phases in detail because that can take a little while. <laughs> and you're worried I'm going to do a Joseph Norris on you and just cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, if... That was a mistake, um, can I just say? I thought we'd moved um, on. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. However, however, I will highlight one of the other phases. Uh, yeah. It makes it... It's what makes last one indifferent. Um, is the discard phase for the game. Now, typically, you know, in most games, if you have a, a phase, you have to discard cards. Um, though it's typically not not a bad side to discard in those cards. However, in last one in, if you discard cards, uh, which you can discard any card from your hand except a building, simply because a building cannot become a zombie. Yeah. Uh, and this is because any card you discard goes to your zombie horde zone. Uh, and right. then and then counts towards the zombies in your zombie horde. Uh, so eat whatever the number is on the um, corresponding card. So if you discard a civilian card that has number five on, that's five civilians that, that you have just made or just turned into zombies. All right, okay. And um, yeah, it then, then goes into like a bit more of a detail of things of, with these with these buildings with these choose or draw options, um, so one of the the, uh, the favourites is uh, choose three or draw six. Um, now drawing six cards is straight from the top of the town deck. Okay. The choose the choosing three cards and and or any card that has a choose option, um, that's from what's called the town square. Uh, now the town square consists of five face up cards. Uh, which all come from the town deck, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so you you know you you get that option to do that. Now your hand limit, uh, which is also an equally important factor, is you can only hold six cards in your hand. Ah oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and with playing cards, you can only play. Um, although phase three, four, and five are optional. Um, which is rescue civilians, attack with zombies, play a neutralization card. Um, you can only play one of each card if you choose to play a card during each phase. Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, it, it ends up being quite, you know, um, heavy, you know, micromanagement with um, managing what you've got in your hand, managing what you're, you know, what you can and can't play, what you're, you know, what you're choosing and drawing, and and essentially that's then. Um, what makes the game good um, and fun and exciting, and what uh, makes you want to play more? Maybe <laughs> you've mentioned that um, some of the things that you're considering is kind of like expansions for the game as well to bring on <coughs> kind of potentially different civilians and as well yeah. um, potentially different um, even different zombies too. Was that? I kind of is that again kind of going back to your original kind of you know magic and Yu-Gi-Oh roots about doing something that you would allow the game to kind of grow a bit but not kind of cut people out if they didn't get the expansions. Exactly, yeah. Uh basically the the main the main thing to take into account with that is um it would be very much like Star Realms in the sense that Every pack would have the same cards in, yeah. so no one, um, you know, it it there is then a case of saying it, it's it would be optional, you know, for people to purchase the packs. It'd be optional for people to to play them. However, one of the the probably one of the the biggest important factors is that you the deck sizes have to remain the same, uh, currently at least anyway. Um, so if you take out cards, you then are replacing cards of the same number right. value. Right. Okay. And and um, 
Yeah, and, and it's just it is just essentially to add, you know, and would be to add more variety to the gameplay, mm-hmm. you know, to keep people, you know, engaged in playing and and enjoying, you know, playing last one in, equally as well. Um, so one of the exa- if, if you want, I can give you an example of one of the cards we're looking. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Adding in uh, is uh, now on the um, the Kickstarter page. There is uh, an option for. Uh, a stretch goal for um, these cards called situation cards. Yeah. Now, situation cards would be cards that have um, an environmental effect. So, for example, one of them um, could be, because uh, we're keeping them secret for the moment as the ones that will be revealed, but um, one of them could be, say, a snowstorm, uh, of which would affect the zombies and reduce the zombie totals in both players' piles by half. Yeah. Up to, save you know, a number of turns. Um, and at that point, you know, once the turns are over, the the, to- the totals of zombies would then become you know, what, what they were originally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and, and because they then affect both players, there's no... Like advantage or disadvantage on either side. Yeah, you know. Okay. And and again, in a similar sense, actually, with with all the cards in the game and generally how the game plays out, uh, one of the um, or one of the main like overarching elements um, is choice. Every action you make is your choice. So if you choose to put a building down with a bad choose or draw option, yeah, then you know the and that the, the the total it requires to fill it is quite high, then you know that you may potentially be stuck with that building for quite a few turns. Yeah, yeah. Equally, attacking with zombies um, and rescuing civilians, um, it's a choice, you know. However, you know that if you don't fill your building with civilians, you can't save them, which then means that you're prolonging your ability to win by rescuing civilians. Mm-hmm. Um, attacking with zombies... You can attack. You don't have to, but if you if you um, do attack, there is that choice or that chance. The those zombies can be um, redirected back to you with one of the cards in the game. Oh, right. that's okay. called um, yeah, it's, it's it's probably one of the one of the most favourite cards, um, zombie related cards at least. Anyway, yeah. um, he has two effect. Well, his effect is called decoy, and and it's split into two halves. The first half you can play it um, like on your turn uh, into your opponent's zombie horde. Mm-hmm. Uh, the effect would trigger, um, and the op- your opponent would have to choose another zombie from the town square, right. and then add that to their zombie horde as well. Uh, so, and the numbers on these decoy zombies uh, are either five, ten, fifteen, or twenty. So, you know, it, it could be that you're, you're giving them a five zombie yeah. decoy. Yeah. And then they're taking another, say, five, or they, you know, the only option in the town square could be a twenty zombie. <laughs> so then you're giving them twenty-five. Yeah. However, they could then have a decoy in their hand. They could then use the one in their hand for effect number two, which is interrupt a zombie card played against you, and redirect both cards back to your opponent's zombie horde. Ouch. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and with a situation like that's that. That's That's a hard yeah, situation. Yeah. It, it does, but you chose to be, you know, uh, aggressive and play the decoy for effect one. So <laughs> you were good. It'd be a case of looking at, it's like, well, you know, you you kind of asked for it, you know. <laughs> I just so happen to have this card in my exactly. hand that can can do this. Yeah, I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, as with, as with all things in relation to Kickstarter. Yeah. How have you found the marketing side of things? Kind of approaching that side of things, getting the noise out, getting the word out. Um, honestly, um, yeah. tough, <laughs> uh, challenging, um, and um, I mean, all equally understandably so. You know, if you want to, you want to get your game out there. You want, you know, to get something that you've made out there. You have to put in the work and you know, the time and the effort to to generate that interest, yeah. to generate the, the social media presence um, and, 
yeah, get people interested, um, not only in your game, but I believe in you as as well as as the creator, uh, or me, obviously as the creator. I've, I've um, created nothing, and I've been sitting no. at your table for like five minutes, and you still ain't offered me a cup of tea, Mark. What's going on? Was well, if you found it quite challenging to get the? You said you found it quite challenging to get the the kind of the word out. So have you used? I mean, have you thought about an approach for that? Kind of how you your um, kind of your general strategy, I guess. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I mean, for me, it, it kind of um. Well, my 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 first approach really that I, I that I chose to do was to take the game um and essentially demo it um to you know as, as many stores and or places that I could demo the game to, like events, um like recently at UK Games Expo. Uh, in Birmingham um, and trying to generate the interest there uh, as well as um, joining um, Facebook group pages um, for board game uh, you know related information or you know related stuff um, and then uh, again essentially just trying to um, also generate interest by hashtags as well. So you know, within reason and with as long as it again correlates to your game, um, using the appropriate hashtags to then hopefully that people that um, are just navigating Twitter or Instagram then come across your item. They like your items or your pictures yeah. um, or your tweets um, and. Uh, they then follow you, and then so then when you post something again, it shows up on their page. If they then like it, they tend to then retweet it, mm. which then their friends or their followers then see it. And you then, there's a, an element of, of hope that some kind of snowballing effect would then occur, um, you know, or ripple effect of, of people then liking stuff through liking stuff yeah yeah how did you find the uk games expo i mean did that did that help with the campaign um it did and i i found it um uh better than the one i did last year right which was um uh, mcm comic uh-huh. <laughs> um obviously uk games expo purely board games uh, so it kind of goes without question that um, it was the better choice. Uh, and um, unfortunately, last year I uh, I missed out on the opportunity to attend that, uh, which is why I then went with the uh, MCM of, to try and generate the interest. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's nice. And just with, uh, to be honest, as with any convention, um, and again, I'm, I'm going to say this in a way that uh, you might laugh but being a nerd you go to something like this you tend to not want it to end and you feel like at home <laughs> with everyone else yes, yes. Uh, it's that's why I don't go um, it's too many nerds for me <laughs> too many nerds <laughs> too many nerds and potential wizards to be honest I don't want to be I don't be hanging about with these people. Um, no, I mean, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, you can walk into a place like that and instantly feel comfortable, and you know that if somebody walks up to the table, it's not like the local book festival where you've maybe booked out a table or even the Comic Con where you get folk walking, walking up to you and going, well, what's this? Then cards. What's this? Is this Magic the Gathering? And kind of them walking away kind of thing. Um, you know that people are willing to kind of maybe give you the time and um, find out more about the game because I think I think one thing that's prevalent among the board game community is with so many titles going about, there's always yeah. a wish that people don't want to be missing out on the next big thing, which you see the kind of like who's got the potential lightning in the bottle kind of thing. So I think people are more open to kind of looking at what you have to offer and seeing, oh, actually, this could be, this could be quite good, I reckon. Mm. Which is always, which is always kind of quite, which is always kind of quite good as well. Um, I mean, you've been, and I have to mention this, you've been on getting gamey, uh, getting geeky with game relief as well. 
So, yes. I mean, even doing things like podcasts, was that kind of completely new territory for you too? Extremely. Um, I, I would be completely honest and say that um, if uh, any listeners uh, go from listening to this podcast to uh, to the Getting uh, Geeky with Leafy, um, then I would say I apologise. <laughs> um <laughs> because uh, that was my very first podcast. Oh, that's, uh, and, that's fine. And I was nervous. Um, I probably should have, you know, um, uh, adapted or adopted the same method I'm doing <laughs> with yourself. Um, because it seems to be getting a lot easier having, having my mind kind of split in, in, in half um, and doing two things at once. It seems, uh, seems to have worked wonders. So, yes. <laughs> so what I'm going to say next time is, have you got Audacity? Do you have a Skype or Discord account? Um, do you have a headphones? Or do you have The Witcher 3 on the PlayStation 4 that you can play while you're talking to me? Because I've been told that it helps with focus. Thanks very much, Mr. Taylor. <laughs> well, it, it helps me. I mean, you know, a, a no, lot of other people all sure right. would be no, a lot more Obviously, try to get a bit of validation in my life and it appears to came a bit short. You know, it's okay. Um, how do we step? How do we step into the door I'm, of your city, of your game? How much do you have to pay? What's the what's pay. the pledge so, levels? So at the moment on the Kickstarter, uh, we do still have early birds available, mm-hmm. which um, are fifteen pounds per copy. Pounds? What'd you get for that? So for fifteen pounds, you would get uh, a copy of the game. Uh, any stretch goals that are um, succeeded or uh, reached, uh, and uh, also some PDF posters, um, which uh, are obviously for free, uh, as an additional thanks. <laughs> it's like the PDF posters okay. are fifty-two pound a shot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's how we're going to hit those stretch goals. You get one hundred and twenty-four cards. You get a couple. You, you get do. a couple of dice. You get yep. eighty-four Token. double-sided tokens. You also, you also like how you've listed. You also get the rule book. <laughs> don't say, don't say we're not spoiling you. We'll actually tell you how you're able to play the game. That's <laughs> so kind of you, Mark. Well, it's, um, well, it's just you know, uh, just kind of went on what other people listed, and uh, again, just advice. Yeah. From from other people that had. You know, run Kickstarters um, uh, of being or trying to be, you know, as honest as you can with what they would people would receive. So then, exactly, they 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 know the uh, when they receive it, they know exactly what they're getting. Um, uh, and I will mention yes. just yes, no, for I, yes, do this, do this, interrupt away. <laughs> um, interrupt. No. no. I do apologize. No apologize. <laughs> um, apologize to me. Uh, oh my goodness. So, um, one of the things that um, it's probably worth mentioning, as it is on uh, a new thing we have on the kick, you know, our Kickstarter uh, this time around, because uh, the Kickstarter is our second for last one in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, that thing is. Uh, a pledge level, uh, which is called the King of the Dead. Yeah. Now, the King of the Dead, uh, with everything that the um, Kickstarter says about Last One In, um, and also with what people have uh, mentioned on some of the reviews that we've, we have as well, uh, about how the game plays out and whatnot, um, the King of the Dead changes that. So... As an example, uh, if you were to go and um, play a standard 1v1 game and you and your opponent are trying to rescue 50 civilians or make the opponent lose to 100 zombies uh, and you both decide that you're going to play with the King of the Dead edition as well, you then get to choose to either have him in play at the start of the game, of which currently he exists outside the game world, uh, or you can both agree to shuffle him into the town deck. Now, when he comes into play, uh, he swaps the win and lose condition. 
uh, and reverses some of the way the cards are played in the game as well. All right. So, yeah, you'll go from, if you play with them in the deck, as an example, you'll go from one minute to rescuing civilians to then rescuing zombies to win. Uh, and vice versa, you would then be losing to civilians um, or go from losing to zombies to then losing to civilians. Oh, okay. So that's part of the, <coughs> that's one of the, the levels you can pledge for then? Yes. Um, uh, so he he is he is a twenty five pound uh, pledge on the uh, Kickstarter, oh. and you would get everything that you would get with uh, the core game, uh, or just as as the the basic pledge level or the early bird pledge level. Um, but in addition to that, you would also get the uh, King of the Dead card, and then his alternative rules. Um, which does apply to the to all of the formats of play, um, which wasn't something we really covered on. Uh, the the game isn't only just a one v one; it does also open up to a three player or four player all versus all, and a two versus two team game as well. Oh, cool! Okay, of which the rules change slightly in each format. Just just carry just carry on. <laughs> I'm just in the middle. I'm just hacking some stuff while you're talking. Because we could both uh, play this game. I'm moving house, Mark. Just, are yeah, you, uh, I'll just uh, it's got to move this box. Yeah, that's better. That's alright. That's fine. Um, but at the moment, you have got. Um, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do other things while I was speaking to people, except Sean. Maybe that's a different thing altogether. Um, twenty twenty uh, days to go. At the time of recording, yes. you have got a funding level of seven thousand pounds, and you are. Almost, you're over a third of the way there. Um, still plenty of time, but obviously, um, if people are looking for something a bit different, where you can play it as the zombies and also as the, I guess as the um, the great unwashed, <laughs> then they should consider. Well, you would be if it's a zombie apocalypse. It's not like you can have a shower every day. You're going to be slightly unwashed. I'm just just just, course, just yeah. justifying them. I realise I'm digging <coughs> myself into a hole, trying to dig my claw my way back out again. It it never works. Nev- trust no, me. Never, never, no. never. You, you you might as well just if you're going to dig a hole, you might as well just you know <laughs> just go in both feet. <laughs> just yeah, straight. and you know, just just don't stop. You know, you're going to get to the point eventually where you can't go any further, and and once you get that point, you then know that you then have to work your way out. So. <laughs> You might as well just get there first and then... Just see me at the bottom covered in dirt just wearing my Je ne regret 3N t-shirt. <laughs> Sticking the finger up at anybody who gives me an awkward look because that's that's yeah. how I roll. Um, it's like, look, I put myself here. I know. I regret it. Exactly. Don't... Re- maybe maybe throw me a rope no, exactly. down and I can, you know... Or, you know, throw me a bone at least. Something like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um... Where do where can we find you on the internet webs? Uh, so obviously, as you've mentioned yourself uh, already, uh, we are on Kickstarter at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, we are also uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And what's you on? What are you on Twitter? So on Twitter, we are at Last One In Game. Okay. And you're on a ticket, as you say, what we'll do is, I take it Facebook's last one in game as well, or something like that. I mean, obviously what we'll do is we'll make sure that we get all of the links so we can put it in the show notes so we have notes to show. Uh, so yeah, the Facebook is also at last one in game. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> <laughs> but as I say, we will make sure that we put the Kickstarter link in the show notes, so that if you're in, if you like what you hear tonight, or today, or this morning, or tomorrow, then you can click on that link and you can consider helping Mark out. If you like what you've heard and you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, you can go to Twitter which is We're Not Wizards, you can go to Facebook, which is We're Not Wizards, you can go to YouTube and search for We're Not Wizards, you'll find us there because all of our podcasts are automatically put in to YouTube by our fantastic podcast host Podbean. 
Um, you can find us on places like Instagram. You can find us. We've got Blogspot, which is wearenotwizards.blogspot.com. You can go to our site, which is wearenotwizards.com. If you fancy chucking us a buck and helping support the show, you can go to our Patreon. I know I never mention it because I am shamed. And um, it kind of makes me feel funny. Um, but you can go to patreon.com forward slash we're not wizards. You can find us on all the good podcast places such as uh, Spreaker and Stitcher and Acast and Podknife and Player FM and Acast and all these wonderful places. If you like us very, very much, um, please consider dropping us a subscription on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. If you like us even more, consider dropping us a rating or a review. And as we say... If you are going to drop us a rating or a review, don't give us a 10, because that makes us big-headed, but don't give us a 1, because I am an ugly crier. So give us a 5, because <laughs> it's in the middle, and it's average. We're just a little bit average. Um, but the person who's not been average tonight is the one wonderful, the rather fantastic, the flesh-eating marvel. That is Mr. Mark Taylor. Thank, Thank you. you very much for coming on, sir. Um, there's only two more things to do. The first thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Mark. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Mark. <laughs> say goodbye. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. goodbye. Thank you. Yep, goodbye. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Yes, thank you for listening. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe. Roll sixes. Don't leave the back doors open. Watch out for the zombie horde. Try and gather your survivors together, and uh, yeah, and and check out, check out Mark's game, give it a look, you know, definitely give it a look, because it's going to be really, really cheap as chips. <laughs> Was it twenty five quid maximum? I mean, do you get Mark? Do you get anything cheaper than that, really, for a game? No. Um, no. Uh, so I mean, the, the the cheapest on there currently until they will go is the early bird. Of, of course. course. Um, and then once that's gone, you've then got just the the basic pledge, which is which is nothing. Pounds. Still, it's not even a decent kind of takeaway. <coughs> let's be honest. So, and if yeah. you if you want to be adventurous, you can always go for our um, our highest pledge level reward, which is uh, two hundred pounds <laughs> or more, and and have your likeness uh, put onto a card um, become either, either a civilian or zombie in the game. It's just getting cheeky now. Yeah. <laughs> Say goodbye, Mark. Take care. Bye-bye. And it's a goodbye from me. <laughs> Until next time. Brains. Goodbye.